Seeking Asylum, The Voices Australia Should Hear, a review. Our stories and published by the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre in Melbourne. This is a very good book. It is showing the stories of refugees who have come to Australia and the difficulties faced by them as a result of government policy to refuse them entry. The stories that I read by Bethlehem, by Hamed, Jamal, Nadira, Joseph, Prudence and Daniel are all, and Tenson, it, it just keeps going on. There's just some great stories in here and it is really well put together. It's an interesting way of presenting the story because up to now we've heard plenty of refugee advocates talking about the position faced by refugees, but now we have their, their, their stories in their own words. Um, the, the leading One of the leading people in putting the book together appears to be Liliana Maria Sanchez Codejo, and uh, Liliana was born in Santiago in Chile in 1983, and of course one of the um, most powerful refugee stories in Australian history is that of the Chileans fleeing the coup by Augusto Pinochet and assisted by the CIA, how many refugees came to Australia under a program to assist them. That was after the coup in 1973, the 11th of, of um, September 1973. And Liliana uh, Maria Sanchez Conejo is one of those people who were, whose parents no doubt were involved in that diaspora from Chile caused by the military dictatorship that existed there for so long. I wanted to make a couple of comments about the the stories, the narrative in here. We hear a lot from people from very different political situation. Abdul, for example, was a, he was a survivor from the war and conflict in Afghanistan, the, a country that ha, was invaded by the Soviet Union, by the United States, by the British, by Australia, really. And he is a Hazara, much persecuted, the Hazara people. And he managed to come here to Australia and to seek out a, an alternative existence. And of course, one of the big episodes that affected Hazaras were the 438 people aboard the Norwegian ship, the MV Tampa, and the ensuing affair where the Howard government refused the Tampa entry to Christmas Island and sent SAS troops on board to deflect the captain Arne Renan from following the most basic law of the sea that one give succor to people in distress at sea and take them to the nearest land, you know, for assistance. And the Australian government uh, came up with the first Pacific solution where they had excised the whole Australian coastline from uh, their Migration Act so that they could get around their being a signatory to the International uh, Covenant to protect refugees which Australia helped uh, set up in the early 1950s. That's one story by uh, Abdul and the, you know, the John Howard incident won him government for 11 years and he played upon uh, community fear of 
um, people coming overseas. Really, it is the story of Australia that that Australia is a country that, from its beginning, has strived to lock out people. And so these recent events don't come as any great surprise. We do not fulfil the basic charter of the United Nations, and that is that everyone has a right to seek asylum, and it's in the Declaration of Human Rights. I would make a comment by, you know, obviously the well-meaning and uh, quite dedicated uh, lawyer Julian Burnside, who has advocated for refugees seeking asylum and has been involved in a lot of the court cases. He seems to feel that there's been a shift that was brought on in 1992 when Keating uh, Labor government uh, introduced a process of mandatory detention. Uh, he felt that that's, um, that was a shift and that um, the previous history of Australian engagement with people coming by boat is to be praised. Uh, specifically, he praises the, the Fraser Liberal government for its policy in taking refugees from Vietnam. He gives us some statistical basis for this, which I, I find a bit strange, the way he, he reads these statistics. Apparently, according to between 1948 and 1992, Australia successfully and peacefully resettled 452,000 refugees. And at this time, the people seeking asylum were processed in the community and there was no policy of mandatory detention. Well, that's a good thing. That, But when you look at it, that's only about 9,000 people per year in a world full of conflict and people fleeing war. And wars that Australia was involved in, wars that they had no business to be involved in, specifically the American war in Indochina, in Vietnam, where Australia, and ironically Malcolm Fraser as the army minister of the day, uh, was quite happy to send a 19-year-old Australian to fight in Vietnam, which caused over a million deaths of Vietnamese people, and many young uh, Australians also died in famous battles like at Long Tan. And Julian Burnside says that the Australian government welcomed 56,000 people, refugees fleeing from Vietnam, including uh, 2,000 people who arrived by boat without documentation, and they were granted entry under policies initiated by the Fraser government. He said this all happened without fear and misinformation and political point scoring that is the norm today. Well, I do remember there was a lot of um, fear invoked, uh, maybe more by the Bjorki-Peterson government and the arrival of boat people. And those boats littered the shores of North Queensland. So I don't know that that, um, that is entirely correct. Okay, that's 56,000 people between 1975 and 1982. That's only about 7,000 per year. And think of the millions of people displaced as a result, as a direct result of um, Fraser's participation actively as the army minister in the war in Vietnam that caused that in the first place. So 
he was, of course, like uh, m- multiple Australian governments, was was toadying to the the US and their insistence that we participate in wars, unjust wars in Vietnam, Afghanistan, Iraq, and and many others. Well, I've got to say, the Fraser's policies were better than that of Scott Morrison. But then, in in my experience, each new Australian Prime Minister is worse than the one prior. Uh, So we are steadily going downhill. I hope that um, Mr Albanese will prove me to be wrong, (laughs) that he will be better than Scott Morrison. But at the moment, I'm seeing that he is just as as servile to the American foreign policy and their insistence upon wars in uh, both Europe, that's in Afghanistan, in Ukraine, and also in the war against China. So, yeah, but that shouldn't uh, distract us from the story of very strong women and men who um, believe you can't lock up someone's brain and that uh, you can make a life in, a, in, in Australia despite the racism. And there are plenty of accounts in this book of young people and, and older people seeking refuge here and experiencing Australian racism at first hand. Um, many of the people overcome it. They, they acknowledge the communities that they left behind. For example, Joseph said, it took a community to get us here. They acknowledged that they were just some of precious few who were able to successfully flee wars in other parts of the world. Um, The story of Rafiq, a Rohingya man who um, helped uh, set up a refugee soccer team, that of Prudence who's escaped from Chad in Central Africa after her father was shot and her experience of racism in regional Toowoomba and her method of overcoming that by starting up Erased, which is an organisation of young refugees and migrants who visit schools in regional and rural Australia and share their personal stories with our teachers and their students. And that helps overcome racism. That of Daniel, who's from uh, a refugee camp in Serbia of Croatian heritage, and he managed to escape the Croatian War of Independence in the 1990s, and he made his way to Australia and eventually ended up defending uh, blue-collar workers in Australia against um, wages theft by uh, the companies that employed them, and he became a, a lawyer. The book is from a a publishing and printing point of view it's an interesting book in that there are beautiful photos and it's in the in the form of a coffee table style book which maybe gives us a hint to the potential audience that of um, middle-class Australia is whom they seem to be appealing to many of the people arrived in Brisbane and of course we had the terrible circumstance highlighted by refugee solidarity where the government was using an inner-city hotel as a detention centre in Kangaroo Point, and they would um, imprison 
refugees who are not, they've not done anything illegal. They would imprison them, them for up eight years after being processed offshore in Nauru and Manus Island. Many of the people were accused to be of being terrorists, which is totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> they were people just looking for a new life and fleeing war in their in their own country. So all in all, an excellent book. I recommend it. I hope that we see a change in government policy under the new Albanese government. The annual Palm Sunday rally and march for peace and refugees will be held on the 2nd of April this year in Brisbane, Mianjin, at 1pm, and it'll be in King George Square. There'll be a march following it, so everyone come along if you can. Okay, this is Ian Kurz signing off. Uh, we'll go out with a song by Phil Monsour, Stand With Us. From another land And I can't go back With only hopes and dreams A small bag on my back Look into the eyes Of those you want to turn back We're just the same as you Stand with us, the system betrays you Dogs of war divide us, unity saves you Solidarity sets you free Every word that's said You know that it scares us Darkness all around History on our backs Every hateful act Is a step you can't take back On the road that's straight to hell Stand with us, the system Betrays you Dogs of war divide us Unity saves you Solidarity Sets you free Solidarity Sets you Solidarity sets you